If you spend any amount of time thinking about wrinkle cream, you'll be interested to know that this may be the new fountain of youth. Spending time with loved ones and being hopeful. Hmm. Yep, turns out that being unhappy or experiencing loneliness accelerates the aging process more than smoking. That's according to brand new research. And heads up for parents, too. A Harvard University study described 18 to 22-year-olds, you know, Gen Z, as the loneliest generations. That is not good for their health. No kidding. We've, we've noticed with our own kids, they don't get together with their friends the way that we would with our friends, even dating relationships because wow. of the phones. They'll, they'll so FaceTime or talk on their phone, and it's just not the same. Anyone that's done a Zoom meeting, you know, it's just not the same yep. as being there in person, yeah. right? Do you feel like your pets are pretty spoiled? Coming up, see if you do this. Feel like your pets are pretty spoiled? See if you do this. Two in five pet lovers would change their plans so their pets could be included. I can so relate to that. When people invited Alex the Wonder Mutt to come with us, we were on cloud nine because we didn't have the guilt of leaving her home alone. Well, according to a recent survey, pets influence what trips you take, where you live, and the people you hang out with. Hmm. More than half of us plan our free time around being with our pets. Aww. They do They do weasel their way into your heart, right? We, my wife just got a pillow for our couch, and it says, uh, no humans allowed on the couch. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's cute. I love that. And it's true in our house. <laughs> so we do pamper our pets in our house. Oh, my gosh. Like last night, uh, my wife and I plopped down and watched a show on TV, and the dogs, I was joking, they had the couch. I was lying on the floor because the dogs were on the couch. So done that. So yeah. Yeah. Have you done something like that? Do you have a good story of just how pampered your pets are? We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a cat that rules the house or a dog that thinks he's in charge. We'd love to hear about them. So I I was a little shocked the other day, Taylor, when my wife said, and, and you've probably said this to Glenn, and I know everyone says this every now and then, hey, why don't we get another dog? And I was like, Trace. She said that to you, even though yeah, you have just, five? She just said it, like, was it yesterday? Two days ago. Whoa. Because she follows all these dog rescues <laughs> on social media, and they do a great job, you know, posting the pic of some adorable little fluff ball that, that needs, needs, a needs a home, gets along with, need, wow. just needs a bunch of other dogs to play with. And we're like, we got those. Okay. <laughs> um, I can't imagine having that many dogs. But they do, and we had six at one point, but we always said we were half crazy because our friends Eden Carlton had 12 wow. and they didn't just have dogs they had six of them were greyhounds big dogs anyhow they they do wind up taking over your life and I, I got to give it to my wife Tracy I think she's a lot like your husband Glenn where she's the caretaker of the dogs so mm-hmm. if any of them are a medicine like our dog Charlie he's got an irregular heartbeat so he's he has to take medication twice a day now He's a heart doctor, the whole bit. Tracy makes sure he gets to his appointments and everything. It's like having a little old man, right? Got to yeah. get him to his cardiologist. And he has to have his medication an hour before he eats. So every morning, she gets up an hour early, gives him his meds, and then goes back to bed and sleeps for another hour. Because she's like, why get up? Can't feed the dog. You know what I mean? There's not not a rush to get out of bed. So, But she, she gets up. Sun isn't even up yet. And she doesn't have to get up that early. But she does get up. To take care of the dog. Aww. Yeah. So we all. That is a loved dog. That's awesome. I think we all do crazy stuff like that for our dogs, for their well being and stuff. We'd love to hear your story. Hey, James, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're swapping pet stories. Yeah. First of all, I want you to know up front, I don't have any pets. My daughter has pets. Okay. Like your wife, she's one of those that every time a friend of hers says, 
hey, we got to find a new home for our pet. She raises her hand. <laughs> so, we have, so we have received Chloe, Goober, um, <laughs> Leo, a uh, Hemingway cat. You know what a Hemingway cat is with five tall toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. in room. You're like the island of misfit pets. <laughs> I tell you, and Chloe, the dog, has a 5.30 alarm clock, so every morning at 5.30, she starts barking, which means I have to get up. Because oh. my daughter doesn't take care of her pet. <laughs> I am the pet keeper. You wanted a daughter, not a zoo. <laughs> but that's what you got. I have a zoo. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good. I'm looking at two cats right now who's looking at me going, who are you talking to? <laughs> right. Always when you're right. on the phone. <laughs> right. But we take care of people's pets and we, you know, we'll love them. We'll take care of them. And, you know, I, I get up and walk Chloe every morning at 530 in the morning. Wow. And, uh, what so, a sweet daddy. Oh, I love your show and I uh, love y'all's inspiration and encouragement. Thank y'all for what y'all do. When it comes to parenting, are you a little bit of a neat freak? Here's what we mean. They surveyed moms and dads with kids under the age of four, and more than half say they avoid activities like painting, splashing in puddles, or playing in the mud because they just don't want to clean up the mess afterwards. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, when you talk to the kids, the littles, coloring, drawing, and playing with sand or mud are among their top favorite activities they love, while parents tend to prefer them Reading books or playing with building blocks or a game that's easy to clean up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They're just tired. Parent, your moms and dads, you're tired. We get it. Yeah. And then when you have multiple kids, like we had four, including our daughters, were my my wife loves to brag at this time of the year because they're one one year apart. So like now right now, well, until yesterday, our oldest her birthday was yesterday. But until yesterday, they were twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. And people will say to her, like, how is that even possible <laughs> that, yeah. they're, that they're that close? But having three that close, all playing at the same time, neatness just goes out the window. I you're, can imagine. You're just yeah. outnumbered. It's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, kids and the messes they can make. Oof. Having have four kids, I know firsthand what that can be like. How about you? Are you a little bit of a neat freak? Do you try to keep everything reined in when your kids are playing so it doesn't get too out of control? Or are you like, you know what? Kids are kids. Let them play. Let them have fun. This this time of their life goes by so fast. Let them make a mess. How do you roll in your house? It, it just hit me. They should add a chapter to that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Expect your house to be a wreck <laughs> until, <laughs> until the kids leave. Because that's, what, that's what's going to happen. Kids are just messy. They yeah. don't care, right? Yep. They don't mind getting paste, glue, markers all over them. They just, so what? That's, that's the cost of doing business when you're a kid, right? And no matter what you do to try to stop them from making a mess, they will do some damage. We'd love to hear stories about your kids and the messes they made, by the way. But here's the big one. I thought I was being so smart with my kids. They wanted to paint, right? They wanted to paint. And they yeah. had their paint brushes and their paper and even some uh, spray paint. And I was like, okay. And it was it was cold and rainy, I think. It was like wintertime. It was rainy. I said, well, go in the garage. We'll, just, we'll put a bunch of newspaper down. Do not paint Anywhere but on the newspaper. Okay, Dad. Okay. So they're having a great time. I'm watching for a little while. They're doing great, and they're painting their little pictures and stuff. I go inside for like, not even five minutes, get some coffee or whatever, warm up for a minute because the garage was a little chilly. I go back out. Everything still looks great. And they're done painting. I'm like, all right, well, let's let's hang these up to dry these pictures and get rid of the newspaper. So we get rid of the newspaper, and there's the distinctive outline of newspaper and spray paint around it. No. <laughs> 
They followed your instructions, oh, Dad. They did. They did, and it still wasn't enough. That's so, so funny. That's why I say when you have kids, it's just it's gonna happen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why you would try to avoid it. You know, you can you can do your best, but it's gonna happen. So, do you have a good story like that where, despite your best efforts, maybe the kids still made a mess? Hey, Regina, your kids made a mess too with the spray paint. What happened? I've got three kids. I had put a bunch of stuff in storage in the basement, and they decided they found a can of white spray paint. So they spray painted white smiley faces all over my basement walls. And those smiley faces had the opposite effect of what they intended. <laughs> they are still there, the smiley faces. <laughs> ah, that's, that's funny. funny. Hey, Tamara, so you know what it's like to have a big old mess from your kiddos. What happened? Yes, I have twins, and when they were toddlers, you know when it gets quiet, something bad's happening. I left the room for 30 seconds, came back, and the entire kitchen floor was painted in sour cream. Oh! (laughs) I just laughed it off and took a picture, and now they're in college, so it's a great memory. I'm going to say, you know, a really experienced and seasoned parent would have just opened a bag of chips, sat down. (laughs) (laughs) And cried and ate. (laughs) I heard the best quote, Tamara. It said, uh, kids' rooms get messy because it exists for them to play in. The kitchen gets covered in flour because that's what it's for, or sour cream. The yard fills with toys because it's meant for adventures. Remember, the house is meant to be utilized, not displayed. Mm. Right, it's a blessing to be used. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for sharing that memory. Thanks for hanging out with us. No problem. Love you guys. So, Kev, I don't want to say that I'm a trendsetter, but I'd like to bring this up. What sport did I tell you I just tried for the first time a couple days ago? Pickleball. Pickleball. Finally tried it. Loved it. Played it. Apparently, I, I want to <laughs> jump. Yes. Word got around that Taylor Scott from the Kevin and Taylor show is now trying pickleball because mm-hmm. as a result, LeBron James just bought a major league pickleball team. <laughs> so like I've said, I'm not saying I'm a trendsetter, but <laughs> the timing is fascinating that finally I try this sport that's been sweeping the nation mm-hmm. since the pandemic started, mm-hmm. which by the way, the best way to describe it is if badminton and tennis and ping pong all got together and created a sport. <laughs> it's like a little bit of each and it's so fun. I didn't play with a kitchen or anything. I was on a tennis court. But from what I gathered, it was a blast. So you're saying LeBron, who he mm-hmm. listens to our show, uh-huh. he heard it, mm-hmm. thought if Taylor's on board with this, yeah, I, be- I, I better throw some LeBron bucks behind yes, it. Yes, I need to own a Major League Pickleball team. How long before he recruits you to play on said team? Uh, that's going to take a little while. <laughs> I need to work on my skills. Really? <laughs> They're really, it's so wild. This this is like a multi-billion dollar industry now. They're pickleball hoping to reach is. 40 million pickleball players by the year 2030. <laughs> oh, I mean, the fact that there's major league pickleball teams. <laughs> but there's major. This is like major money. You do, These, you do they're know having they competitions have, um, with like million dollar prizes. You do know they have cornhole on ESPN, right? <laughs> they have a league and the whole band. No, I did not know yes, that. Yes, they do. It's a... Well, <laughs> all I'm saying is me and LeBron, you and LeBron we've got both. pickleball in common now. The similarities between you, know. you two are endless, I know, right? I know, I know. What am I going to say? <laughs>
Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Have you ever rescued an animal? Maybe your dog or a cat is rescued. Maybe you've saved a turtle. (laughs) Well, a guy in Scotland has gone viral for saving a squirrel. Somehow got caught in his toilet. What do you do? How do you get that thing out? He used Mm -hmm. a broom handle as a ramp to allow the little creature to crawl to safety. And Kev, you can do a pretty good Scottish accent. So I thought you would appreciate hearing Mark and his roommate Ewan coaxing the squirrel out. You can imagine what it sounded like with their Scottish accents. Come on, get out. Get out. Come on, pal. Let's go. Why are you in there? Come on. (laughs) I love the Scottish accent. (laughs) Come on, little boy. Let's get out. (laughs) Everything sounds nicer with a British or a Scottish accent. It does. They they could have, like, threatened violence against the squirrel, and it would have sounded really funny. (laughs) Would have been charming. But if it was us, we would have sounded like PETA would have been protesting outside of the radio station. But because they're Scottish, it's all listen to them. (laughs) Look at the little boy. Get out of there. I can't do it. No, you can't. You can do Scottish, but I can't. All right. I was hoping you were going to do it. That's okay. I know my you don't my Scottish tends to go pirate, though. Oh, it, really? It, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> come on, you little guy. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, it's got, there's some pirate in there. Yeah, that was fun. Hey, has your other half gotten on your nerves lately? Coming up, you may have this condition. Has your other... other uh, let me try that again. Has your other half ever gotten on your nerves, you know, maybe once or twice recently? Yeah. You may. As a matter of fact, they should add that to wedding vows. In sickness and health, better for when they're on your last nerves. Yes, they should. Uh, well, if that's you with your husband or wife, you may have this condition. It may not be your other half after all. It may be stress levels from life events. Yeah, stress made people more likely to pick up on their partner's negative behavior from breaking a promise to being angry and impatient. People experiencing stressful things like problems at work uh, were especially likely to notice if their partner behaved in an inconsiderate manner. Hmm. Couples who just got married are more prone to skipping over negative behavior and letting it slide because they're still in the honeymoon phase. And I felt like this was just such a good reminder for all of us to take a breath and maybe just don't take your stress out on the one who loves you most. Yeah. Which you can tend to do when you're stressed. Yeah. I'd have to say, if I had to say, who got on whose nerves more? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah, go ahead. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have to say I probably get on Tracy's nerves more than she gets on mine. Really? Letter number serious? A, because she's awesome. And number two. I'm shocked right now. someone who's worked with you for many many years i i just can't believe this (laughs) what just having a little fun folks i get on glenn's nerves more than he gets on mine because i'm just i'm a lot i go i totally can see that a lot to handle (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i can totally see that (laughs) you're not shocked tracy tracy has adopted this phrase um i think she actually stole it from me and she goes i'm I'm easy peasy, light and breezy. <laughs> and, I hear you say that. And she about usually, yourself. well, I've probably picked it up. I don't know who picked it up from who, um, but she usually says that right before she's about to snap. <laughs> <laughs> Serenity now. Serenity now. I'm easy peasy, light and breezy. <laughs> <laughs> so, when is the last time you 
got on your better half's nerves. Or maybe the first time. Can you remember that? <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. Honeymoon's over. I really got on his or her nerves. Would love to hear from you. I have a prediction where it is that most guys get on their wives' nerves the most. Share what that is in a minute because it's it's totally true for me. I get on Tracy's nerves like crazy with this one thing. We'll talk about it next. So it, it happens. I mean, you're, if you're going to be married, you're going to get on each other's nerves eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just life, right? It's I know you want it all to be a Nicholas Sparks novel, but that ain't that's not reality. And it's going to happen. And there is one instance that I think most husbands are getting on their wives' nerves. I think this is probably the most common place, time, or event that they get on their nerves. And it is... Driving. I think more Hmm. couples have spats and little arguments when driving than at any other time. And it's based on the fact that every everyone, there's not one of you listening right now that doesn't believe you are the world's greatest driver. Everyone thinks that their style, their method of driving is the best. Everyone. So if that's true, if my premise is true, that means when you're in the passenger seat, that person next to you, they ain't doing it right. (laughs) and it takes a lot for it not to really start getting on your nerves you reminded me of a funny story our neighbors just traveled the the husband and wife to another country together and the husband did all the driving and at one point it got so tense they almost went down a a wrong way street and uh, he had to do a quick little zig and zag and (laughs) and that at one point she she was the navigator he was the driver Uh and at one point she said you are not going to steal my joy. <laughs> and they just look at her like, I'm just trying to keep this alive. And he said, oh, yeah? Hold on. <laughs> so now we tease her all the time. It's my husband, Glenn. If, like, if she's doing something, he'll go, you're not going to let him steal your, he's not going to let you steal your joy. Oh, he keeps bringing it like, back. Oh, aren't you the drama queen? <laughs> steal your joy. I'm just trying to get us there. <laughs> Right. So what do you think? Is that do you do agree? Is that the number one place where we're probably getting on each other's nerves? I've learned, by the way, with driving like my wife and I just just last weekend, we went on a road trip. We were driving five or six hours and I knew, okay, whatever you think, talking to myself, this is my internal conversation. However fast you think you should be driving right now, knock at least five miles an hour off of that, even if it means not being all the way over in the left-hand lane. Or would Tracy say, make it 10, 15, <laughs> well, yeah, 20. But relationships are the art of compromise, right? So you meet in the middle. Five works. So I would, I would do that. Or coming up to an exit, Kev would go, oh, there's an 18-wheeler. I'm not getting stuck behind him. I'm flying around him. Right, exactly. Not with Trace in the car. Uh, I'd slide in behind him and go 35 miles an hour all the way up the exit ramp. So when was the last time you got on your spouse's nerves? Are you willing to share that? Hey, Kim, are you willing to out yourself that you were recently on your other half's nerves? I'm willing to out him. Oh, <laughs> oh even juicier. Throwing him under the bus. What right, happened? Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. It's like... I'm always asking, are we trying to race somewhere? Are we racing against these cars? What are you doing? <laughs> it's just oh, driving a little too God. fast. Too fast all the time. Always on time for everything. Never late because speed racing is down the road. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, I'm going to out him out because I'm a very good driver. Very calm driver. <laughs> you sound like every. You sound like Raymond. Minute. I think it's a classic <laughs> battle. I, I think that that goes on in every vehicle where it's a husband and a wife. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. We've been married for 28 years, and that's where we have most disagreement is in driving. Yeah, when we're yeah. driving together. Trace and I are coming yep. up on 34 years, and that's the, yeah, that would be the number one spot. Absolutely. And and yep. you know what? If I was honest, it's probably my fault. But, it's always you but, guys. But don't tell her I said that, okay? Okay. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, Kim. We appreciate oh, you. Thank you. I love you guys. Keep up the great work. So do you um, tend to procrastinate on certain things? I, oh man, am I a procrastinator on stuff. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I've got to like write it on a giant to-do list and get it in my face sometimes. Mm. Um, So if you've been procrastinating on booking a flight for Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, you need to hurry up and get on it. Because guess what's happening? Corporate travel is up. And that's causing a huge surge in prices. So airline fares are up 40%. And then, of course, when everyone wants to go visit their family and friends for Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's that much worse. So, Mm. uh, like, uh, for a while there, like, the average round-trip Thanksgiving flight was, like, $292. Now it's closer to 360 So if you've been kind of, like, in the back of your mind, like, yeah, I need to take care of that. Today might be your ultimate day to go ahead and get that flight booked. They said, don't try to game the well, system this year. Just get it booked. And that three, 360, I mean, that's not cheap. But no. it, it, it's not like, oh, my gosh, I can't afford that. Until you start going like, oh, yeah, I've got to take the whole family. <laughs> and and then, for like, for us, yeah. six people times times that, forget about it. And then it's for like, me, sometimes the game changer is if I need to rent a car. Like when I go to Jupiter, I try to rent a car so no one has to drive me around. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just have to go, guys, I need rides this time because it can yeah. get so expensive. Yeah. Ubering can be a lot cheaper, too. My yeah. wife and I have been doing a ton of that when we travel. So think back to when you had before kid, before you had kids. Did you get sick more or less often than when kids came along? What do you think they do to your immune system or to how often you get a cold or the flu or get sick? We're going to talk about that next. I've always called, we have four kids, and I always call them little Petri dishes because they go off to school and they come back and they're sneezing and wheezing and sniffling all over the place. A dad posted this, before I had kids, I thought I had a great immune system. That is until I found out I couldn't stay away from this little person who sneezes directly into my eye while telling me about their day. (laughs) And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. So uh, do you think you you get sick more or less often when you have kids? What do you think, Taylor? Oh, more for sure. Just look at my, my sister has two of her own. And then she teaches 25 kindergartners. Oh, you can imagine how often she gets sick. Defenseless. They're saying between infancy and preschool, kids will get eight to 10 colds a year. Whoa. I didn't know it was that high. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then school age, it's six to eight a year. Six to eight colds a year. Man. So if you're one of, if it seems like these little kids are always sniffling and sneezing, something's coming out of their nose, mm-hmm. you're right. Because <laughs> it sounds like they just go from one cold to another. Why are they getting so many colds? Um, because they're terrible at doing the things to keep from getting a cold. And they're in the classroom with, you know, 25, 30 other kids who are all coughing. They're all sneezing. No one's covering their mouths. No one's washing their hands, right? 
And, yeah, just look at how often a kid touches their nose or mouth. Right, and they're all right up in each other's faces. They have no social boundaries whatsoever. No. So it's just it's just colds and flu waiting to happen. And then what do they do? They bring all that home to you, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. So yes, you get sick more often having kids. Well, instead of viewing it that way, you could view it as, wow, my kids are helping me build my immune system. <laughs> Go, kids. My kids are helping me tax my immune system, right? <laughs> and you'd think after the couple of years we just came came through that, that you could get them to, like, you know, wash your hands and, and not do that. But kids are kids. They forget. You get out on the playground. All of a sudden, sneezing into the wind, you don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just off you go. You know, our producer Griffin, we talk to him every day. He's got yeah, a wife, yeah, Sarah. I think I know him. Yeah, and <laughs> he's got a six and five-year-old, and he said they had a parenting milestone. Huh. All right, we'll find out what that is uh, coming up next. It's Kevin and Taylor and Griffin. Griffin's in the studio with us. Parenting milestone last night. What happened, buddy? Yes, yeah. My wife is uh, out of town this week, so uh, lots of stuff is falling on me. And I got to sign my first permission slip <laughs> for my kid last night. Only because your wife is out <laughs> of town. Ever done that before? No, my son, he's in first grade. Uh-huh. And because of COVID, they haven't really done field trips up yeah. to this point. So they're having their first field trip in a couple weeks. And I got to sign the form that he gets to go. All so, right. Yeah. Did you, did you feel, feel the, so adult? Did you feel I, the weight of that responsibility? I did. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm giving permission for him to travel with other people and do their thing. And yeah. Was there a, a little box you could check? Because I remember this. If you're interested in being a chaperone, check here. Yes, there is. My wife inquired about that. <laughs> but they said, we're already full. Oh, okay. So she was kind of disappointed about go. that. I mean, she didn't text them or whatever in time. So yeah, bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, remember, I, I checked that box a number of times. They're oh, they're they're fun. Everybody, yeah. you get to be because you get to be cool, dad. Because yeah. your kids want to show you off. Oh, I wouldn't go to the other kids. My oh, wife would you, go. You, He's you too introverted. Do, I have to work. If you would do great, we'll give you the day off. Okay. Someone, <laughs> this is how introverted our producer Griff is, and he's open about this, so we're not outing him or anything. Uh, someone sent cookies. To the Kevin and Taylor show. And I was like, Griff, Griff, you should go hand these out during carpool lane. And he's like, no. You mean talk I'm not to people? That. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. No, but, they, but when you chaperone, it, I mean, they're smaller than you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling, I did a, uh, I chaperoned a, at an aquarium. It was a sleep with the sharks thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you like take sleeping bags and stuff. And, oh, that's and, fun. And, and the, the, where the sharks swam was like this plexiglass tunnel over you oh wow so that's they were like, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. what a yeah. way to fall asleep yeah. i wonder if you had any kids had jaws type nightmares no but one dad did <laughs> <laughs> so how about you have you ever chaperoned one of your kids field trips like kevin did he told us about that really cool one where it was at the aquarium and they got to sleep under sleep the with the sharks yeah, it was cool yeah well my friend julie we were roommates all four years in college um she insisted one time I'm being a chaperone with her son Andrew's class. And he was like, Mom, please don't come. I don't want my mom there. And she's like, no, Andrew, I want to be involved. This is, you know, the really good opportunity for me. It fits my schedule, mm-hmm. blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So they go, they live in Colorado at the time. So they go to this, um, like a like a gold mine, you know, like a oh, history. Oh, for gold yeah, type yeah, yeah. place. That's fun. And she had been up super late. She had a book deadline. She was exhausted. And they go in this dark, cold theater and watch 
an old black and white movie about the history of mining. <laughs> and she not only accidentally fell asleep, but her head tilted back and she started snoring at a decibel <laughs> that embarrassed her son so bad. She was like <laughs> trying to stay awake, but it didn't work. And yeah, so that story will will go down in history. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cold theater would have kept me awake. I used to have trouble with my kids there uh, when the whole band would do a performance. And oh, it was yeah. like every grade, Sim 1, Sim 2, Sim 3. Uh. And it would be really warm in there. I was out like a light.